Hello, my name is Mark Taylor. Welcome to the Education on Fire podcast network. This show is sponsored by the National Association for Primary Education. Hello and welcome to the Education on Fire podcast. The place where we share creative and inspiring learning in our schools. Season 5 episode 74. Hello and welcome back to the Education on Fire podcast with me Mark Taylor. Thank you for joining us again during our PE and sports season and today I'm delighted to be joined by John Parsons who's from Create Development. Thanks John for joining us today. My pleasure. Um, Can you give us a bit of um, information and background really about what is Create Development and and what is your role within it? Yeah of course. Um, Create Development is um, uh, an organisation I suppose of of like-minded people We've we've been established ten years, um, and we were set up by uh, Ronnie Heath and myself ten years ago, and it's really sort of grown in size now. We we are UK based, but we do do some stuff internationally, and we employ about twenty people directly, and then work with about seventy eighty partners um, across the across the country to really really try and. Um, I suppose transform the culture of, of p-sport and activity in in not just in schools but um really look at the experience that children get within schools uh, within the home and also within the community um our, our starting point is um a, a really a belief that when children are very young they all love physical activity so um they have a an innate passion for movement and and really because of the culture we now have and some of those experiences those children have is that an awful lot of them will will fall out of love with activity and, and choose not to be active and we know that the the, the power of activity uh, and the impact it has in, in, in all outcomes is, is huge so uh, I think our, our vision really is about creating positive relationships with physical activity for life for every child I mean that, that makes an awful lot of sense and 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 why PE in terms of your background why was it something that you wanted to create in that area um, I, I think in uh, in terms of my background, we're all sort of from from P and sport, sport backgrounds and education backgrounds and former teachers and trained teachers, and I think that has huge strengths, but it also sometimes has weaknesses. In that we, on the whole, are very positive experiences, and I've come to realise over the years that 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 really isn't the case for a lot of people. Their experiences were, were not good in, in P and sport. Um, I was told I was talented as a child at sport. I really don't think I was. I think I was just lucky. I was lucky to to be born into the family I was born in. I was lucky to be one of seven children. I had siblings to play and be active with. Um, I played out. I went to a primary school that that really valued being sport, driven by one particular teacher. Um, I had a dad that drove me around and gave me community opportunities. I went to uh, community clubs where I had I had coaches that maybe weren't coaches in that they didn't have great technical or tactical knowledge but that really were good with children and, and create a really positive environment um, and because of all that I can really get a sense of all the benefits that, that I've had through P and sport and think that every child deserves that that opportunity and it shouldn't really be down to luck um, uh, but actually a lot of uh, a lot of experiences aren't like that for an awful lot of, of, of children and young people but when it when it is done well when P and sport is done well we know it has hugely positive outcomes. And so in, in terms of schools, and, and like you say, I mean, obviously having this big reach and the opportunities, that the key thing, how is it that Create Development actually then is able to support schools and teachers in terms of getting that opportunity to as many people as possible? 
Yeah, so we um, we work in partnerships. So um, we uh, will work in a specific area and find out who really are the, are the people working with the schools in those areas. So it could be former school sports partnerships or county sports partnerships or local authorities or charities or other organisations. We work alongside those organisations who share a, a similar vision and passion and, and, and similar values. Um, and really then look to work with with schools. We, we don't really sell stuff off the shelf because um, we think there's a, a real change in culture that's needed around how PE and sport is delivered, not, not necessarily what we're doing, but how it's done. So we work alongside schools, um, work alongside teachers and train and support them to really look at why they do PE. What is it that they want their children to learn? What's the most important stuff for their kids to be successful? And how are we going to deliver it in a way that's going to be far more um, inclusive and engaging for, for for all their children and really provide them with um, not just with training but a whole menu of, of ideas and support and I think with most of our work is with primary schools really recognising some of the challenges they, they face in terms of their time and capacity um, and having that empathy really. And how does the, um, the sort of the real learning platform that you have on your website how, how does that fit in with what sounds like a very sort of hands-on and sort of personalised um, way of learning? Yeah, so um, we 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 the, the platform's called Jasmine. Um, we wanted to give it a child's name. We didn't want to talk about PE first or sport. We wanted to talk about children and, and a particular child. And it's deliberately a girl because we know that um, uh, activity levels in girls um, is is worse than worse than boys. But we really wanted to talk about about a child first. And, and really, Jasmine is um, alongside the training. Really gives. Um, supports the training and gives the teachers a menu of ideas and uh, to support the, the approach and philosophy that we go through with them on the training. The teachers are time poor, particularly primary schools. Now we can't, we can't tell them what to do with their children. We don't know their children. Um, so it really gives them a framework and, and um, a basis upon which to, to really personalize and, and adapt to meet the needs of their children. Uh, what I really like about that is, um, is like you say, you know, knowing the story of your children and, and knowing who they are means that you have that relationship in order to do that, which as a teacher is absolutely the best way. So, it, I mean, it really sounds like you're empowering the teachers and giving them that support to, to grow in knowledge and, I guess, therefore confidence in delivering PE to them. Absolutely. And I, and I think, you know, we, Real PE, um, a programme that we deliver, we, we started five years ago and, you know, we, we, ask a question and of course find out a lot about the teachers and how they feel about PE and sport and I think sometimes we, we we sort of live in these echo chambers where we surround ourselves by similar people who think that PE and sport automatically is is fantastic and has all these positive outcomes and and really when we spoke to a lot of teachers um, I'd say far more than 50% said that that they didn't find PE and sport did it did that for them they I think the top two words that came out were embarrassing and humiliated so um, there's a huge task really to, to really um, empower those a lot of those teachers to say that well like you had poor experiences but that's because it was poor PE and sport and it doesn't have to be delivered like that and really you know make sure that your children don't have the experiences you had. How does your vision of that change that sort of teacher's philosophy or understanding of what they experienced when they were younger? Well, I think what what sometimes has happened in, I think there's always, and we know this, has always been fantastic. Um, PE and sport and PE teachers and and it's always been around. We didn't invent any of this stuff, so you know we don't claim to have. I think, but what we what we believe is that sometimes we've we've put the sport or the activity first. So the belief is that I need to be a sport expert to really, and that's the most important thing. So I need to have know all the techniques and 
uh, and tactics and rules for different sports, whereas actually for a primary teacher, far more important for anyone working with children, far more important is is really understanding children and child development, and they are the experts at that. So once we, we get around that and really talk about, well, really the most important stuff isn't that they can play a forehand in tennis or do a forward role. The most important stuff is that we build children's confidence and their resilience and they can communicate and problem solve and be creative and explore. And I think once, and, and that's what they do, that's what they're good at primary teachers. We'll help them with some subject knowledge. But what we do is we say all the stuff you're really good at, that's what PE is about. And if we, we can teach it in that way. Um, and I think maybe some teachers have in the past have thought that that isn't what PE is or certainly not how it was delivered for them. And so, Going forward, and you said you've been working in partnerships and 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 that kind of thing. How does um, how does the actual sort of contact with you actually look for a teacher in a school? Is it a question of going and doing some CPD? Is it a question of um, you sort of infiltrating, um, like you say, a local authority to do it and then filter out? So, what what sort of the actual contact that a teacher will experience? Yeah, so we we have different levels. I mean, we we've launched a program this year called Real Legacy, which is really trying to provide a two-year program support with some some additional sort of school-based support to really work alongside the subject leader and the senior leadership in the, in the school to really look at I suppose look at the culture of, of being sport in, in the school and their vision and ambition for it um, and I think without that real ambition to, to change that culture it, it is tough um, what we tend to do is we will work um, and it's about getting the balance right between what's realistic and what you'd love to do I mean you'd love to you know work with teachers for weeks and weeks and weeks and you know because all sorts of stuff you could do but it's not realistic so what we do is we we tend to work with a nominated teacher in the school around for real p for example for three days over the year so they get to go and apply the the the, the philosophy and approach back in the school come back we build on that that knowledge look at some of the stuff they're struggling with some of the experiences they've had and share practice among the group uh, and then go away again uh, apply those things and come back again so we we look to really sort of get a deeper um, knowledge and understanding with with certain members of staff within the school and then we really then look to potentially go in and then work with all the staff um uh, as a minimum for a day to really start to to really kind of empower them and give them that confidence and then because we run several programs but they're all based on the same philosophy and approach so although we might be working with them around their their gym program or looking at um how they uh, develop play within their early years and foundation uh, foundation stage and key stage one children and working alongside the parents the philosophy really never changes. So we help to embed that philosophy and understanding through working with those schools over uh, over a period of time. And what's the kind of feedback you've got from the, the teachers that have taken part in terms of their confidence and, and I guess their overall understanding, like you say, as, as an approach, which is obviously the key thing to get across? Um, I, I think the, the teachers, the, the, the feedback consistently is the teachers love the approach because it's, it's what they know is and what they understand around, around children and child development. So actually what we're doing is we're saying, well, the stuff that you do really well, that's really what, what we should be doing in P and sport. It's going to look a little bit different, obviously, because the environment's different, but it's the same principles that, 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 that you apply in, in, within the classroom. So things like a real clear sense of, of, of what the children are learning and why they're doing it and uh, making sure every child experiences early success but then every child needs to be stretched and challenged but they'll be different um praising positive behaviors rather than just focusing on the most physically able and outcome and performance regular celebration of view and progress uh, collaborative learning within within the within every lesson um, and really a shift of control so the children we're empowering the children giving them that sense of choice and ownership so all the stuff that they really understand is around good teaching and learning, which is say, well, that's what PE should be like. 
um, good piece you'd be liking and that is achievable so the feedback we get around the philosophy and the approach is great um, I think uh, they love all the they want lots of ideas and activities I think where we've fallen down in the past a little bit is really what, what would that look like in a in a a curriculum what would that look like over a year we've we've attempted in the past to really sort of map that out and say here's what it might look like um but i think with the digital platform uh, jasmine i think really for the first time ever we feel really confident that actually we 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 can do this in a way that's quite simple for them as well so we can really support them to get their head around in a far more simple way um but with in a way that will allow them to build their confidence and then really start to personalize that and as they do with any any curriculum and scheme of work to really make it fit the needs of their children and and I guess often the case is um is 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 getting out of their comfort zone, isn't it? And I think once you can sort of um join all the dots up, it then really helps. So like you were saying, you know, when you can empower them to the fact they understand how to teach and that they're the best people to be able to do that, then already they're in a position to think, oh right, I've I've got this, I understand this. And then like say when you when they can see the overall idea of maybe curriculum ideas or or, or a year's plan of things, I guess. Yeah if you were going to relate that to math you know you, you would know that you were going to start by doing your two times table or you then might go to um the fives and tens or, or however you wanted to develop it i guess that's the same with sport once you once you have an idea of of where you'd like this um journey to go then you're much able to actually just make make those adjustments and actually put those things in place absolutely and i think what we try to do is really really show within the school what a progressive curriculum might look like so, um, and I think what's happened in the past is because we've been very activity or sport led, we'll, and we've put the sport ahead of the children, we're expecting some children have had very limited experience and opportunities to do really quite complex things and really set them up for failure. Whereas um, in line with the new curriculum, really looking at, you know, children from early years, really looking at building their fundamental skills, um, but doing it through, through very, you know, through play and through themes and songs and stories and movement and adventures. And then, and then really building from there, so we can really get a sense that there's a consistent approach throughout the school, and we can really get a sense that the children are progressing in the things that are most important, which isn't just their physical skills, it's their personal skills and social skills and emotional development and their creativity. Um, and I think sometimes we, there hasn't necessarily been that coherent progressive curriculum. But I think we, we don't help teachers. We, if, you look at, if you look at primary teachers, one of 10 or 11 subjects they might teach you know, we've we've thrown different terms and you know four strands of the curriculum, six areas, eight levels, ten high quality outcomes. There were two models of APP. There was classroom quality standards, uh, gifted and talented was a different model, um, and then we talk about multi skills, and then it's physical literacy, and then one course will talk about fundamental skills as agility, balance, coordination. Another course will tell them it's stability, object control, locomotion. Now it's physical literacy and other people talk about physical fluency. And then secondary schools, they do key concepts and processes, personal learning, thinking skills. So we bombard teachers with, with different models sometimes within one of many subjects they're teaching. And I think really we, what we try and do is, because we've been there, I think, we really have that empathy and say, well, actually, if you look at a lot of those, those things, they all, they're all correct, but they're all kind of saying the same types of things. That Really, there are certain things for children that are just really important. Some things are more important than others around how they feel about themselves, how they work with others, um, their, their thinking skills and, and creativity, uh, and really putting that into something that's quite, quite progressive and logical and, and really simplifying it for teachers. You know, not dumbing it down in any way. You know, that's why it's, it's not an off-the-shelf product. It's something they're going to have to plan and think about. But really having the empathy to understand that, you know, they are time poor. They're teaching 10, 11 subjects. Um, 
sometimes we bombard them with different models and things and we've tried to do the opposite really kind of simplify things and but align it around things they're really confident with and as they as you say you know time poor and 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 that kind of thing i mean what what are as, as well as obviously time what are some of the other struggles you think that they really that they really come up against i guess one of them is going to be space and actually just the facilities that they actually need to get some of these things in place yeah i think space is 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 um is a big one and i think um you know i mean we work around the country i mean i've been in three schools in the last in the last week they are hugely different in terms of i was in one school where huge amounts of indoor and outdoor space and then another school which was a tiny little maybe 15 by 15 hall um and it's it's really them getting support the teachers to understand that um, when you work with the primary children, it's you know you're not driven by the activity of the sport, which have set rules and dimensions and stuff. And you know, governing bodies have moved away from that. It's really understanding that the child comes first, and we can adapt and be flexible with that stuff. I, I think the big one for me is is leadership within the school is huge. I think you can you can get a sense very quickly as to to where the sport and activity you know is as a priority within within the school quite quite quickly. And if it is a huge priority, and you know whenever we we talk internally about when you're doing a course, if there's someone from senior leadership, ideally the head teacher on the course, you get a real sense that it's going to be a really good day because the school are really buying into the importance of, of, of team sport and activity. I think if there isn't that ambition and, and belief, and you can understand why, why there might not be because for a lot of people, as I said, they had quite poor experiences in team sport and didn't necessarily have, you know, haven't had the experiences that will lead them to believe that it can have this whole school impact. So I think, so so the leadership at the school is, is really essential in, in supporting, uh, particularly the subject leader, to, to really be put it at the heart of the school, really. And if, if there's teachers listening who are thinking, I wish my head or my senior leadership team were, were as supportive as I'd like them to be, but maybe they're not, um, what, what advice would you maybe give them to try and just sort of, I don't know, just, just sort of try and sort of just push the needle a little bit further in terms of actually giving them an option or or a way in to kind of maybe just make it a little bit more of a priority for the sake of the children uh, it's, it's 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 a million dollar question really uh, and it's not easy you know i think people resist change and if people have an opinion around something it's quite difficult to, to to change that opinion i think we have to i think as a sector we have to do much better at proving the impact we have uh, there's been a huge amount of, of of investment and finance into being sport over the last 15, 20 years, and I, I think you know we're we're still not doing enough to really evidence and prove the impact it it, it can have. Um, I think in terms of within within that school, I think really if we can start to really talk about how PE sport can have a positive impact on not just children's physical skills. So you know we're working schools where they want to talk about the activity, what they're doing first, and, and their curriculums around the activities. Whereas what we, what we really try and do is talk about what the children are learning what we want the children to learn through those activities and actually we don't really talk hugely around sport specific stuff we talk about children's resilience and perseverance and and confidence and self-esteem and i think we can start to make that case and, and it always links um to, to to the vision and values of the school you know it's remarkable when we talk when we go in and work with the school and talk about these you know the curriculum we're looking at these key skills it always aligns very closely to the vision and, and values of the school um and then if we can really get them to buy into the fact that this isn't about making a child better at basketball, that might be an outcome eventually, but really it's about every child developing their confidence and, and, and how they feel about themselves and being able to communicate and cooperate. And if we can do it in that way, the, the, the best feedback we get from, from schools is, is, 
is really um, the impact it has not just in terms of their their passion for activity but it has positive impact outside of PE across the curriculum in the classroom using it to develop children's confidence um, behavior all sorts of stuff and you, you said um, just before there that you've been in sort of three schools recently and, and so yeah. like you said you've, you've got a team of people um, working within within the organization um, do they all do the same sort of thing or, or is there a bit more structure to that in, t- in terms of who experiences what and um, and actually makes the company sort of progress yeah so um, I think we're, we're kind of like any sort of small company that's, that's grown is that you end up kind of doing what needs to be done a little bit my role now is um, sort of director of innovation so um, it sounds fancy. I think it was uh, my colleague gave it to me because he thought my mum would be proud of me <laughs> if, I, if I had that job title. But it's, I think my, my role is to really, um, to really try and unarm our, our staff with with the best stuff to go out and really support schools. But we have we have tutors, we have um, regional staff that go and work in, and, and build partnerships and relationships. We have marketing teams, we have design team. We we you know we do have different staff that do different things. We have staff that will go in and do specific school based support. So really work alongside teachers, role modeling lessons, team teaching, observation and review. And, and it's a very different skill set to standing up and working, uh, delivering to a group of teachers as it is to going and working alongside a member of staff and really building their confidence. So uh, and we're still we're still ironing, ironing, that, ironing that out, I think, and really identifying what those roles are and, and, and what the kind of skills and attributes you need for those roles. But we're starting to really kind of identify who fits where and, and, and really provide the necessary support to to um to do that we, we we commit a lot to to staff development we we had 40 tutors together last week in in leicestershire really spending a whole day with them we do a lot of tutor training and staff training um which you'd hope we would do because we're an education company but sometimes you know companies in education don't always invest in their staff we really try to do that and and we, we've talked quite a lot about um you know teachers and schools specifically and, and how they relate with you um is there anything that you do where you can sort of cluster schools and um, events and that kind of thing where schools in local areas can actually get together? Yeah, we do. We 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 run sort of what we call learning communities where staff from different schools. I mean, I talked earlier about the idea of sort of the three day training. Uh, that's that tends to be teachers from different schools coming together because we love that sharing of practice. You know, a lot of the best ideas don't come from us. It's from a school that's taken the philosophy and applied it, and um, you know, we learn as much from them as as, as they learn from us. But we run clusters, obviously with academization federations, schools come together in that way, um, conferences. Um, we, we are, we've we identified certain what we call create learning schools, so really kind of hub schools that, that have really started to embed the philosophy. So um, we've done that where those schools then invite local schools in the area to come and say, well, I know you've been on the training and, and the philosophy and you really like it. Come and see how we've applied it within our school. So we've identified some schools and we're, we're looking to do to do more of that over the coming sort of one or two years i mean certainly that's sort of it's almost sort of peer-to-peer isn't it learning which absolutely um, we, we know from children you know is, is often the best way of learning it because a lot of the struggles and the, the things that um people come up against actually can be demystified quite easily because you're, you're sort of talking the same language with the same yeah. sorts of uh, the same sorts of experience um can you talk a little bit about um the pe in sport premium and, and and how that's really affecting everybody at the moment um, I, I mean, it's in terms of us, it's it's been huge. Uh, uh, you know, I won't lie. Most of most of the work we 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 deliver, not all of it, but most of the work we deliver would, would come through the PN Sport Premium. I think um, I think it's it's a, a mixed bag. I think in some ways it's um, it's been spent very well. Um, 
I think the bit that we we have to start doing better as a sector is we have to start evidencing the impact it's it's having. I think um, there's a lot of talk around uh, what we spent it on, and the, the next question would be, so what what impact has it had? Uh, and and some of the stuff that we're trying to do with schools now is is really support them to look at impact around things like uh, teacher confidence, pupil enjoyment, pupil progress, broader whole school impact. Because I think unless we unless we do that, we've got huge opportunities. We don't really start to to, to prove that that this money is making an impact. I think you know we're going to miss a, miss a real trick. But it, it it is you know it's probably the best funded subject in the school at the moment, peer support. Um, so it is giving opportunities for certainly for us and for schools to to really invest in, in things that they wouldn't invest in otherwise because they just wouldn't have the money. And I, I think for me, I mean, I mean, my uh, our youngest daughter's just literally finished um, year six and gone into year year seven this week, um, and and I think that sort of vision of of what PE and sport is in a primary school is is a really interesting one from from what happens in the actual PE lessons to the, the expectation that you're then going to have a netball team or a football team and go into various things um and 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 what they're going to get out of those particular things because you know you you can see that, that there's money there you can see there's extra opportunities there but it's yeah. kind of linking all those things together that I thought was interesting in terms of it's great having a team to go and play football but how much football training if you had up until that point you know and actually it is actually feeling like there's some kind of cohesion between an overall skill set that you're learning and then actually how you then apply that within specific sports or team games i guess yeah and i think that clearly there is there is a role for that um i i think if we look at it from the other from the other side of things i think um you know, my background is football is actually my in terms of sport was my sporting background and you know all, all sorts of huge opportunities i think I think what what has possibly happened in the past is that we PE has been delivered in a way that really um, caters for those twenty percent that that really are quite good at sport, have those previous opportunities. Um, the eighty percent that haven't had those opportunities don't feel like they can be successful, then sort of drop out uh, or, or or don't develop that that passion and love for for sport. I think it does sometimes concern me that sometimes with, with some of the schools we work with, really talking about. What we're doing for the 80% of, of, of those children who, who traditionally don't enjoy PE and sport, and if we're building our curriculums around very, you know, very sport-led, sport-focused, um, I'm not saying we, we shouldn't do sport. It's brilliant if it's taught in the right way, but sometimes it's taught in a way that really is great if you can do the sport. If that makes sense. Yep. Um, but if you haven't got those skills, children are writing themselves off very early. And the interesting thing is that the kids that can do it are the ones that are doing loads and loads of activity anyway. They're at community clubs. They're, they've got parents that are giving huge opportunities. And that's great. And those children deserve to be stretched and challenged. But I think unless we start to engage the other 80% and get them physically active, and, and I, I think the world's changed. You know, it's, it's, children, it's not just about those traditional sports anymore. Children are um, you know, far more open to, to, to a whole range of different things. And certainly with the primary schools we work with, I and mean, I think if we're, we're expecting those generalists to be sports-specific experts in sort of 20 different sports, I think we're, we're setting ourselves up to fail a little bit. But if we can, if we can empower them to, to really build children that are physically literate, you know, can move well, can run and throw and catch and, and jump and strike and do all those things, I think we're giving them the grounding and the, and the building blocks to when they do go to that coach or they you know if they go into that that football club or that after school club whatever it might be we're giving them the tools and the confidence to then go and be able to access those sports i think you know a lot of these skills are very transferable but i think what happens at the moment and i've seen it myself 
you know, working with children year four, five, six, they can't sidestep in both directions. They can't catch a ball. Um, we're largely writing those kids off. And the sad thing is, is that sometimes it's not even picked up. You know, if a child is falling behind in their literacy or numeracy, it's picked up very quickly. There's intervention, there's support. With with activity, with with physical literacy or physical activity, sometimes we're not even picking this stuff up. That's this stuff up. So I, I do get the point around preparing them for sport. But uh, but I think if you're a secondary school PE teacher, if if you had a you had a cohort of children that were all very physically literate and were confident and could problem solve, I think I think they'd much rather that than 10, 20 percent of children that could access their curriculum. If that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. And and, and I think what what you um explained there um really clearly, which I really loved, was the is the fact that as a um, from a parent's point of view, for example, is that we often don't get that feedback um, because you know you, you get your school report at the end of end of the year and you have parents' evening, um, and as you said, because of the lit, no literacy and that kind of thing, you know you get very much this is how they're doing in literacy, how they're doing in maths, how they're doing in science, and you get a little bit of the rest of it, um, but very little. Um, and and actually, as you say, you know, with with the money going into PE, which um, um, needs to be spent in order to actually give the children the the, the, the skills they need in, in the way that we've been discussing today actually like you said getting the evidence back to understand that but I think also getting across what it is that we're trying to achieve within PE and sport and getting that across to the parents and, and the and the people within the sort of the wider community of the school I think would actually probably be even um, really great benefit for everybody because then we're all on the same page in terms of knowing what we're trying to support our children with outside of school as well as the teachers and, and the people within the school. Absolutely. And I think one of the big pushes for us is really to look at, you know, at the moment, we're largely having to do it with the school because it, it's the best mechanism, but really looking at, particularly in early years in key stage one, because, you know, children will, will often form their, their opinions and how they feel about themselves by the age of sort of seven years old. So really looking at how we can work alongside the school to really look at work with parents to say, well, you know, can we can we can we play and be active with our kids again? Um, children have so much screen time and, and you know rewards now uh, could be an hour on the iPad whereas really can we support parents to say well you know here's some some great some simple stuff we can start to do with our children at home because children you know when they're four and five all kids love activity you know, we've got to build on that innate love of activity and, and I think we've got to start looking at not just the school but how we how we change cult, culture in the home uh, just to go back to the, the the bit previous around around the sport bit, I think you know if we if we can build these you know if we have this logical progression, progressive curriculum and approach, you know I think children will be ready for these things much earlier. I think what's happening at the moment is children are getting up sort of top, even top of key stage two and having got some of the most basic skills. Yet we're you know we're we, it's the equivalent of of giving a child Shakespeare to read when they really haven't still learnt their sentences and, and words and letters. We think that through a far more kind of thoughtful, holistic approach, logical approach, um, children will get better at sport quicker. We don't think it's a compromise. We think it's a, it's a win-win, really. I mean, that makes a lot of sense, and I, and I love that analogy with 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 the literacy because everyone can understand that, and it makes a lot of sense. You wouldn't you wouldn't expect um, someone who can't read, write, or put a sentence together to do something that far ahead. And and you're absolutely right. That is exactly what happens within within the sort of the more P sport area, isn't it? Is exactly that kind of we have it, it really. Yeah, to- totally. And I think you know we we put the sport first. We treat the kids the same. You know, I've, I've been in schools where there's a tennis lesson going on. Half some of the kids never can't get the ball over the net. They spend most of their time scrabbling around fetching the ball I think back to my you know playing round as a school I mean I loved it because I could hit the ball and be successful and throw and catch there were kids that never hit the ball hardly ever yeah 
but we treated everyone the same. So we put the sport, the activity ahead of the children, which I think, you know, can't happen. And then not within my school, but, you know, we see all sorts of awful stuff. Like, you know, they used to be picking teams and stuff like that. You know, I think if that's my child being picked last week in week out, but I really wouldn't be happy. And then, and then using physical activities as a punishment, sending kids to do laps of the playground as a punishment. And, you know, so we've done some really, really daft things in Pete's sport, you know, games where the kids are, are knocked out they have to sit on the side and watch the other kids play um so i think you know things have got better in in in, in terms of those types of things but you know there are there are still people out there delivering pe and that was their experience and we we have to tell them that that isn't pe in sport uh, that was just quite poor practice and, and i really hope over the, over the course of uh, of our chat today that we've really managed to get that across because i think certainly over the interviews i've done during the season that i've really sort of understood the difference the idea of p and sport and how they relate together and the fact that they're not the same and 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 also like you say that idea of we have this sort of innate idea of what we think p lessons are based on our own experience and actually yeah. understanding that one that isn't necessarily true or it wasn't the best or if it was a positive one we're able to support others around us to 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 understand that too so uh, um thanks so much for chatting it's been a really really interesting conversation and i think really enlightening for us so can you share with us um the best way for people to find out more about you and how they might be able to get in contact yeah um we they can obviously our website uh, we're just actually rebuilding it um particularly around the new jasmine um interactive digital platform we, we're building to really kind of bringing that all together but they can they can either go onto our website www.createdevelopment.co.uk um, they can follow us on twitter which i think is create underscore dev dev with a capital c and a capital d um or they can yeah via the website they can they can email us uh, info at createdevelopment.co.uk um and with the digital platform we're, we're, we're going to be able to do far more kind of um uh, I suppose communicate much better in terms of what this kind of looks like and 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 how we might might support schools, coaches, organisations to um, to to really work with us. Uh, and we we work in partnership. We you know we're really open to those conversations with not just individual schools but with organisations that work with schools. It sounds like a very um, exciting time, and, and and I like the fact there's all the progression, like you say, with the new things coming in as well. And uh, and I really encourage people to to go and check out the website and um and and be be part of something which I, you can really start to sense that the the excitement and the energy there for really supporting children and, and making them more active and having a real cohesion over how P and sport and school can really make a difference. So John, um, thanks so much for your time today. I really appreciate it. No problem. It's been great. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Education on Fire podcast. For more information of each episode and to get in touch, go to educationonfire.com. Education is not the filling of a pail, but the lighting of a fire.